Health Radio here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Tuesday, June 14th, 2022. Happy Flag Day. And all you Army guys out there, happy birthday. A buddy of mine is a Ranger, and Rangers lead the way. And happy birthday to the U.S. of Army. <laughs> U.S. Army. <laughs> all righty. Uh, this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, are wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. Now, I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health. And when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials. When you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my websites at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do it yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. And our sister site, yourdiywealth.com. And it's the same exact address. You just changed the first H to a W. And you're there. Once you get there, there's two buttons to push. The first one is the Hyperverse button. And that has some videos on that page that show you how you can take advantage of the crypto industry without having to worry about market volatility and how you can take advantage or capitalize on the next megatrend that's going to be bigger than the Internet and mobile phone revolutions combined and how you can become a part of the dynamic hyper community and experience the incredible benefits of membership. The second one is Luminaria Global, and it's a new program that a friend of ours, uh, Andy Nakashima, has put together. He's been working on it for a number of years, and it is a phenomenal program that can be a great moneymaker for people uh, with very low uh, initial cost. And the initial cost is the only cost. <laughs> it's a one-time deal, and from that point on, the system basically takes care of itself. And uh, again, it's, you know, it's, there's a lot of different things to it. I just check, tell you to check out the website, watch the video. And um, if you have any questions, hit the contact me button. I'll be happy to uh, get back with you and uh, get your questions answered and get you on the right track. So check it out. And uh, especially in this day and age, uh, when you have um, 
somebody like Sleepy Joe or the creep crypt keeper in chief uh, running the government <laughs> or at least look appearing to and he's running it directly into the ground um, you need to have your financial eggs in another basket other than the federal reserve system uh, otherwise that thing could go down at any time and whatever you got in it turns to zeros so uh, you know this gives you a system outside the system that is not affected by the um, central banking system can't be tracked, can't be hacked, can't be messed with. You know, your money is your money. And um, besides that, it provides you with a, uh, the ability to set up a uh, debit card that has uh, basically no KYC for the most part. You basically just sign up for it. You get approved and you have an online bank account. You can do direct, direct, direct deposits. Um, and you can turn it on and off. You can change the ZVV code uh, for individual purchases, uh, all from an app on your cell phone. And this gives you total control over your card so you don't have to worry about somebody else getting it and taking advantage of it. Uh, you can change the information so that, you know, anything, if someone gets it, you can change it so that it no longer is valid. And uh, that's pretty freaking good. So, um, like I said, and you can turn it on and off. So basically you could leave it off and then whenever you want to use your card, you turn it on, you use it, and then you turn it off again. So even if somebody does get your information, they won't be able to use it. So really cool system. And it's all part of the program with uh, Luminaria Global. And uh, we are in the pre-pre rollout where it's basically just friends of the owner. <laughs> and uh, I'm right below Andy. And, uh, well, one down, I've got uh, two people above me that we've been, the three of us or four of us have been working together on things for a number of years now. And, um, John and Kathy are right under Andy and I'm right under them. And if we have any issues, we got his number, we know where he lives and he will get things taken care of. <laughs> so anyway, this is a good program, something to check out. And, um, also if you are, um, one of those people who doesn't like having your cell phone track you everywhere you go. And if you're one of those people who, um, when you do some online browsing and you wonder why all of a sudden you start getting uh, ads presented to you all the time about the things that you were browsing with, <laughs> you know, that means you're being tracked and watched. I, I encourage you to check out Volta Wireless. There is a link on my, um, on the website, uh, the Your DIY Health website, and on the, um, I believe it's also on the Wealth site, um, but don't hold me to that. Uh, it's definitely on the, um, I think it's the top of the page on the um, Hyperverse tab on the Wealth site. And um, you can check that out, but basically it is a phone system that can use your existing iPhone or Android and basically can um, give you complete two-layer 256-bit encryption of all your calls, all your texts, and all your browsing. It includes its high-speed text, uh, high, or excuse me, high-speed data, and um, unlimited text data and, and uh, uh, phone calls in 200 countries for 40 bucks a month. And you can use your existing phone. You basically get a new SIM card to put in it, or you can get an eSIM, which you can download and do electronically. And it gives you the, uh, they have their own app for dialing and texting and all that kind of stuff. They also have a VPN system, which is a virtual private network that's usable on six devices at a time. 
and to give you total browsing anonymity. And it's a really cool system. I'm hoping to have uh, the owner of the company, David Sinclair, on my show here in the next week or two. Uh, it'll probably be my, my afternoon show, but I'll probably do a replay of it on this show. Um, and we'll, uh, but we'll get him on, and you can uh, hear what he has to say. Uh, but it's a really cool system; gives you total uh, anonymity, so that they can't track you anywhere. And uh, it's a really cool program. So I encourage you to check that out and uh, see what you think. Um, my phone goes online at 11 o'clock today. The number from my old phone is being ported over. And uh, at that point, by the time this show is over, um, I'll have a new uh, system working on Volta Wireless. And uh, the uh, if you don't see it on the, on the website and you want to get going with it, the um, promo code is SARGE, S-A-R-G-E. And uh, But anyway, check it out. So anyway, that's it for all the <laughs> all the odds and ends, the housekeeping stuff and that kind of thing. And just cleaning up some stuff on the screen here. And do, 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 do. getting that out of the way. I want to start out. Um, I think we got just enough time to get this in before the end of the uh, uh, show or the end of the uh, first segment. I want to talk about uh, the proposed red flag laws and all the junk that's coming up here that they're trying to push through Congress now as a result of the uh, latest false flag shooting down in Uvalde, Texas. And I'm going to start out with a um, thing with uh, Tucker Carlson from last night. Oops, I got to back this up here. Uh, wait a minute. That's the volume. It somehow got played ahead. Oops. Whoa. What is going on here? thing keeps following my cursor <laughs> let's see if this will get it to play nope that didn't okay what is going on here hopefully this will get it started good evening and welcome to tucker carlson tonight joe biden's publicist just announced with a straight face he plans to run again in 2024 we'll address that at some length tomorrow but first another crisis in the news so after the killings in buffalo and uvalde a few weeks ago you begin to hear people on television talk about something called red flag laws. The government, they informed us, could actually end mass shootings tomorrow simply by taking the guns away from mass shooters before they commit mass shootings. It's not complicated. In fact, it's such an obvious solution that you had to wonder why we weren't already doing that. Who does want to prevent mass shootings? Well, only the gun lobby. Everybody else cares about children. So a lot of Americans, not surprisingly, now say they want red flag laws. And why wouldn't they? Like supporting Black Lives Matter or fighting climate change or getting the COVID shot or standing with the brave people of Ukraine. Red flag laws seem like one of those ideas that no decent person could possibly oppose. You want crazy people to have guns? Of course you don't. Who would? So naturally you're for red flag laws. And in fact, we may soon get red flag laws across the country. So what would that mean if we do? Well, two things you should know. First, Red flag laws will not end mass shootings, but red flag laws will end due process. Due process is a simple concept, but it's the key to everything that is good about America. In our system of justice, citizens cannot be punished without first being charged with a crime. Politicians cannot just decide to hurt you, throw you in handcuffs, lock you in jail, seize your property, simply because they don't like how you think or how you vote, no. Before they punish you, they have to go through a formal process, 
in which they describe which specific law you broke and exactly how you broke it. They have to prove it. For serious crimes with big penalties, the government has to convince a group of your fellow citizens first. It's called a grand jury. And this government must convince them that you deserve to be punished or they cannot proceed. None of this is new. This is the way we've done things in America for more than 200 years. And it's exactly why we have and have always had the fairest justice system in the world. People move to this country from all over the globe to benefit from it. But red flag laws will end this. Under red flag laws, the government doesn't have to prove you did anything wrong in order to strip you of your most basic rights. All that's required to punish you is a complaint, possibly even an anonymous complaint, in which somebody says you seem dangerous. Now that complaint doesn't come from a grand jury, it can come from anyone, including someone who hates you or someone who simply doesn't like your politics. It doesn't matter because no jury will ever see it. On the basis of that unproven complaint, you lose your freedom and your ability to defend yourself and your family. Now how could that possibly happen in this country? Well, the Supreme Court has said unequivocally that it can't happen here. A year ago, the Supreme Court ruled in a case called Coniglia versus Strong. Police in Rhode Island had seized the personal firearms of a 68-year-old man whose wife had called in a complaint against him after they had an argument. That man had committed no crime. He'd never been convicted of a crime, and he was judged by doctors to be sane. And yet the authorities took away his guns anyway. He sued under the Fourth Amendment, and the case went all the way to the Supreme Court. The result was not even close. The Supreme Court sided with the gun owner in that case in a rare 9-0 decision. That means that every justice, liberal and conservative, agreed that authorities cannot just seize your property or throw you in jail because they don't like the way you look or because someone is mad at you. So red flag laws are unconstitutional, period. We don't need to guess about that. And yet the Biden administration is pushing them anyway. Why? Because they don't care. How is Joe Biden able to ignore a Supreme Court decision from last year? Simple. He declares an emergency and does what he wants. He's done it before. The White House did the same thing with the eviction moratorium and vaccine mandates last year. It's an emergency. We don't have time for due process. So you can see why Democrats love emergencies. Nothing gives them more power more quickly. They've declared the atrocities in Uvalde and Buffalo an emergency, unlike the daily mass shootings in Baltimore and Chicago, cities they run and whose killings they therefore assiduously ignore. And on the base of that emergency, they can move forward with gun confiscation. So the White House now wants Congress to pass a law paying the states to enact red flag laws. And here's the amazing part. At least 10 Republican senators are backing this effort from the Biden White House. And that means this is virtually guaranteed to pass. What's their reasoning? Well, here's one of those senators, John Cornyn of Texas. You have colleagues on the other in the other chamber who are, are already coming out against this before you've even put out a proposal. I'm not surprised. Some people will not want to touch this with a 10 foot pole um, because they're concerned about the politics of it. But I think this is a, a time where hopefully uh, we can transcend that. Um, personal political interest and do what we think will save lives. To me, that's the ultimate goal. We can do something sensible that does not undermine uh, the rights of law-abiding citizens under the Constitution to keep and bear arms. So there are two things to notice about that soundbite, which is so revealing. The first is the use of the term sensible. Now, that is a Democratic talking point approved by the DNC. It's sensible gun safety regulation. So here you have John Cornyn taking Nancy Pelosi's language. He's doing it on purpose. 
And then you hear him describe anyone who disagrees with him. Why would you disagree with John Cornyn? Well, according to John Cornyn, anyone who disagrees with him is, quote, concerned about the politics of red flag laws, not the wisdom of red flag laws, not whether or not red flag laws are constitutional, but the grubby politics. In other words, says John Cornyn, anyone who disagrees with me is low and unethical. Now, if you're not used to hearing liberal demagoguery like that from Republicans, you should know that John Cornyn is not the only one engaging in it. He is joined in this effort by Tom Tillis of North Carolina, Roy Blunt of Missouri, Rob Portman of Ohio, Richard Burr of North Carolina, Mitt Romney, of course, of Utah, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, Susan Collins of Maine, needless to say, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, always on board for any bad idea, and Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania. It's particularly interesting to see Lindsey Graham on board, the person who encouraged Capitol Hill police to shoot more Trump voters, who has no problem with violence, whose life is organized around worshiping it, telling you that you can't have a gun. Now, all the senators whose names we just read, many of whom are retiring, so they're beyond the reach of voters, have the backing of the top Republican in the Senate, Mitch McConnell. So what exactly are they backing when they back red flag laws? Well, we can take Florida's experience as an example. In Florida, the police can seize guns from people who pose a, quote, significant danger based on, quote, any relevant evidence. Huh. That's it. Any relevant evidence. The law raises some obvious questions. And the most obvious is if you can seize people's guns without proving that they committed a crime, why can't you imprison them? without proving they committed a crime. If you can take their guns, why can't you take their homes? Why can't you empty their bank accounts? Ooh, sound paranoid, Alex Jones stuff? That just happened in Canada. So what stops it from happening here? We already know the authorities are abusing the red flag laws already on the books. Kendra Paris is a lawyer based in Florida who specializes in them. In a recent interview, she said clients are able to hire lawyers have, quote, vastly higher odds of getting their firearms back from the government. Of course, laws like this always penalize the weakest. She said courts are taking a, quote, better safe than sorry approach to avoid political blowback, and the police are taking advantage of that. So court records show that cops in Florida often show up to the homes of citizens and present them with, quote, stipulations. If you agree in writing to surrender your firearms, you have a chance of getting them back after a year. Now, as it happens, that's a pretty tempting offer when you have armed people in your living room. But it is, and it remains, and again, we don't need to guess about it because the Supreme Court just ruled on this, it's unconstitutional. And it is for several reasons. It's a clear violation of the search and seizure prohibition in the Fourth Amendment, but it's also applied unfairly. And even the people who wrote our current red flag laws admit that. In New York, for example, Assemblymember Joanne Simon co-sponsored the state's red flag law. Quote, basically, it's all over the place, Simon admitted. You have places where you have one filed and other places where it's 38 filed. So how will these laws be applied? Well, of course, they will be applied along political lines, just like everything else currently is in this highly politicized country. So if you don't like someone, if you don't like what someone believes, that person will be a target for unconstitutional search and seizure. Armed authorities showing up in somebody's home and taking their personal property at gunpoint. And if you doubt that that will happen, look at this. This is the guy, the very same member of Congress who had sex with a Chinese spy, demanding that cops disarm Ben Shapiro because Ben Shapiro says things the Chinese government disagrees with. This is from Eric Swalwell, quote, please tell me this lunatic does not own a gun. Reason number 1,578 that America needs red flag laws. Eric Swalwell wrote that. Now, 
what would qualify as a trigger for gun seizure in the view of Eric Swalwell under the red flag laws that he supports and now Republicans in the Senate support? Well, here's the video that Ben Shapiro made that Swalwell thinks qualifies him for a red flag law. Watch. If you come to tell me that you're going to indoctrinate my kids in particular policy and that I can't pull my kid out of the school and send my kids to a school I want to send them to, that I can't go to the church or synagogue that I want to go to. And if you make that national policy, not just California policy where I can move, but national policy, people are not going to stand for that. I now have two choices. One is to leave the country utterly. Two is to pick up a gun. Those are the only choices that you have left me. And now people on the left, oh, this is how could you say stuff like that? How could you be so extreme? It's not extreme to defend the fundamental rights the Constitution was created in order to protect. These rights pre-exist government. These re- rights pre-exist government. Well, actually, our founding documents make that point, which he is merely repeating. But on the basis of effectively quoting the founding documents of the country we live in, Eric Swalwell says the police should show up at Ben Shapiro's house and take his firearms away. Does anybody, even Eric Swalwell, who is deranged, sincerely believe that Ben Shapiro is a violent threat to anyone? No, of course not. Ben Shapiro is an ideological threat, and an ideological threat is the only kind of threat people like Eric Swalwell actually care about. And you know that when you look at the laws that they're pushing and that Republicans are backing. If these laws were actually designed to fight gun crime, they would, among other things, force prosecutors to enforce existing gun laws against people who are committing all the murders. And it's not Ben Shapiro. In Los Angeles and many other cities, that's not happening. And that's why those criminals openly support the Soros-backed prosecutor, George Gascon. Watch. I told you last time that he wanted to hurry up and try to get something did before they uh, re-elect somebody else besides Gascon and bring back that little uh, <laughs> life without parole and uh, the death penalty. Mm-hmm. We could get the manslaughter. The manslaughter only carries 6, 9, and 12. Yeah. So that's just one tape. We could play you video, as we often do, of what's happening in our city. So what you're looking at is anarcho-tyranny. So people who are favored by the regime can do whatever they want. You vote the right way, commit whatever crimes you want. In jail for 10 minutes, you're out. Go do it again. No problem. Baltimore can happen. Mass killings on an ongoing basis for decades, and no one will say a word. But if you're disfavored by the regime, no punishment is too strong no infraction too small. None of the gun legislation that John Cornyn and these other pompous buffoons who were siding with Nancy Pelosi support, none of that legislation would do anything about the core problem, which is DAs like George Gascon, who are failing to enforce existing gun laws. Gun laws that, by the way, George Gascon himself, to name one example, is breaking. A whistleblower in Gascon's office says he was fired for complaining about Gascon's habit of illegally carrying firearms aboard airplanes. So why haven't the cops red flagged George Gascon and disarmed him? Is anyone going to red flag Hunter Biden, who lied on a federal drug form? Was a drug addict carrying a, an illegally obtained weapon? No, of course not, because red flag laws aren't designed to punish the politically loyal. And that's why you get scenes like this in New Orleans, which the police do nothing about. Watch. So, hey, John Cornyn, 
will your legislation do anything about that? Because anybody who's okay with that or what's happening in downtown Chicago or downtown Baltimore, Gary, Indiana, or Detroit, just pick a city every day of the week, fix those things and get back to me about the AR in my closet. By the way, in New Orleans, the Soros back DA there, Jason Williams, isn't worried about what you just saw. Last year, his office dismissed more than 60% of violent felony cases that came to his office, most of them involving firearms. They just dismissed them. These are people worried about gun crime. For perspective, the previous administration dismissed only 16% of those cases. Another Soros-backed DA in Philadelphia has a similar record. In the first half of last year, Larry Krasner's office withdrew or dismissed 65% of all gun charges. Does that seem high? Well, it is, because in 2015, that figure was just 17%. New ideology, new outcome. And of course, the outcome is more dead people. But this law does nothing about that. It ignores it completely in favor of redefining you as a violent threat and giving the authorities controlled by the Biden administration the right to march into your house with guns drawn and disarm you. So what are they ignoring? Well, let's see. Last year in Philadelphia, we saw a record set for homicides. Already this year, more than 200 people have been shot to death in the city of Philadelphia, which is not a huge city, and it's getting smaller. On Friday, for example, a 14-year-old boy was killed in a drive-by. On Saturday, a man was shot five times in West Philadelphia. Did you see that on the news? Probably not. On Sunday, on Sunday night, a man taking care of his mother in North Philadelphia was shot in the back of the head. So if you're actually worried about gun crimes, gun atrocities, and for the record, we are, because unlike Lindsey Graham, we actually hate violence, you would do something about this and punish the people who are committing gun crimes. But no, they wanna prevent you from defending your family from buying or holding guns. Why is that? Well, we don't need to guess because they're telling us. Watch what the Attorney General of the United States, and just to restate, this guy actually is the Attorney General. He's more than a craven political hack. He runs the DOJ. Watch him describe, Mr. Merrick Garland, the biggest threat facing this country today. In the FBI's view, the top domestic violent extremist threat comes from racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, specifically those who... That's it. We'll be back in three minutes. We'll finish this up. Right back with more Yerdy Online on the True Frequency Radio Network. back to the second segment of today's edition of your DIY health here on the truth frequency radio network. I'm going to go back and finish that clip of um, Tucker Carlson and we'll get on with things. Here we go. For the superiority of the white race. That's just a total lie, actually. And we have numbers to prove it. But you know it's a lie. There's no justification rationally for what Merrick Garland just said. It's ridiculous. It's an obvious untruth and anyone living in a major city knows that. So why do they keep telling you that? Well, because nothing the Biden administration is doing and nothing that is happening in Congress right now will actually address gun violence. 
That's not the point, John Cornyn. The point is to allow the Democratic Party to become even more powerful. And if it feels like it, to send its armed agents to raid the homes of Ben Shapiro and other disobedient people the Democratic Party doesn't like. There you have it. And like I said, uh, when Uvalde first happened, what was the end goal of that false flag? More gun control laws, gun confiscation from law-abiding citizens with absolutely no effect whatsoever on the criminal element that continues to shoot and kill with impunity in this country, primarily in Democrat-run big cities. You know, basically, when you break everything down, all of the, uh, the, the vast majority of gun crime happens in four major cities, L.A., Chicago, New York, and I think Philadelphia. I can't remember for sure. Um, and let's see if I still have that article handy. Uh, can't remember where I put it <laughs> usually. But basically, um, you know, if you if you deduct out the uh, those four made the four major Democrat run cities where the vast majority of gun crime takes place, you'll find that um, uh, the United States is one of the safest places in the country or in the world. I mean, um, there are far other places. One of the most dangerous is Mexico, a, a country that has virtually eliminated individual firearms ownership. The only people in um, Mexico allowed to have firearms are the, the criminal government and the criminal drug cartels. So basically the criminals have guns, but the law-abiding citizens, not so much. And the death rate there by firearm homicides is, it, it dwarfs, or it, basically the U.S. numbers are tiny compared to what you have in Mexico. So there you have it, just, you know, and that's just one example. There are plenty of others. And, um, you know, the bottom line is, like, uh, like Tucker said, and like it was said by Ben Shapiro, our rights pre-exist any written constitution or any government. When, um, you know, just to start with, the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence, which was a God-inspired document, unlike the Constitution, which was not, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Here's a key phrase, to secure these rights. Governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That's probably one of the most important sentences in any document of any government ever. To secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. The sole purpose of government, not to protect people, like all these idiots in Congress, or oh, we got to protect everybody. No, we don't. We have to, because it's impossible. You know, even if every single man, woman, and child was issued their own police officer or security officer, there's no way they could be there 24-7, 365, to make sure that that person was totally safe. And if something happened to them, 
the courts have ruled every single time that the law enforcement has no individual duty to protect any individual person. Their duties are to society as a whole. You don't believe that? Look up the book 911, call 911 and die. There are countless uh, cases where people called the police, they were being attacked, being assaulted, being, you know, you name it, broken in to, and the police didn't respond or didn't get there in time or just ignore them completely. Somebody was raped, somebody was murdered, whatever the case, they, you know, survivors or the individuals filed suit. And in every case that went to the Supreme Court, case was thrown out and ruled in favor or ruled in favor of the police officers. They have no requirement, no duty to any individual. It's to society as a whole. In other words, according to the Supreme Court, your protection is your own responsibility. And as a result of that, it, it stands to reason that you cannot protect yourself without the right to possess the means to effectuate that protection. And again, that goes right back to these rights that precede government. God gave us these rights before we were born. Every man, woman, and child on the face of the earth is endowed with these rights by their creator, not just Americans, everywhere. Problem is, is everywhere else, the people have allowed the government to take those rights away. Basically to say you have no rights, which they can't say. The people still have the rights, but if they don't effectuate them, if they don't utilize them, then they are in effect nullifying their own rights. And then they come here <laughs> for a better life because they're too weak and lazy to do it in their own country. What the people that want are coming here, you know, claiming asylum and uh, political, um, whatever you want to call it, the downtrodden, basically they are, what they should be doing is organizing in their own homes, in their own countries and make it a point to do whatever they have have to do to set up a better government where they're at. Just because we've done a better job, sort of, um, at least in protecting our rights over the years, that doesn't mean everybody else has a right to come here and take advantage of that. They need to do the same thing in their own country, which is what we did. In the 1700s, when we were being abused by the uh, King of England, we didn't run to Canada. <laughs> we didn't run somewhere else. We stood and fought. And that's what everybody else needs to do in their own countries. Anyway, um, but let's go on a little further. So anyway, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. In other words, everybody talks about it's the government's right to do this and the government's right to do Government does not have rights. Government has duties and authorities, but they don't have rights. And what they have is bestowed upon them by us. In other words, if the individuals here in this country don't have the right to do something, neither does the government. I don't have the right to dip into my neighbor's pocket and take his money without his approval. Therefore, the government doesn't either.
So in other words, taxation, totally unconstitutional. Unless it's done in the way that's mandated by the Constitution, where basically they determine what each state owes, and then the states apportion it. In other words, every single person pays the same amount, period. But this garbage of deriving taxes from incomes, from whatever source derived, when income isn't defined in the Internal Revenue Code, it's not defined in the Constitution. <laughs> so how do we end up with that? Smoke and mirrors. But anyway, you know, it's a long drawn out deal. But the bottom line is, you know, people have their own rights. They have God-given rights. And among those, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, you know, the, and actually the third one was originally it was property. Because if you don't have property and you don't have the right to protect your property or your life, uh, you honestly don't have liberty. But life and liberty, that basically flat out says, you know, number one, if you're if you have a right to life, that means you have a right to protect it. And that's what the liberty is all about, the ability to possess the means of protection of your property and to go about your life peacefully as long as you're not infringing upon the rights of others. And that's the way it's supposed to be. But then we get bring in the um, public fool system, the indoctrination system that we've been under for, you know, hundred and some years. And on top of that, the advent of fluoridated water, which basically numbs you from the brain, <laughs> you know, from the hips up. You can't, uh, you know, you don't have the ability or the will to do anything because you're so uh, docilized by, by fluoride. You know, and that's why that's how they keep the big cities somewhat under control, you know, except for when they have a mostly peaceful riot <laughs> by Black Lives Matter and Antifa and all the rest of this liberal left. But, of course, they're paid to go out and break things um, and destroy property. But people on the other side really don't do as much. You know, one kid, Kyle Rittenhouse, <laughs> at least had the sense to take his rifle to uh, protect himself when he was helping out and uh, trying to maintain order in Minneapolis. But, uh, and look what that happened. But thank goodness he survived and all the, uh, everything went on the way it should. But, uh, you know, definitely not the way the liberals expected and wanted. They would have been much happier if he'd have been killed that night and the people he shot would have been, you know, allowed to rape, burn and pillage uh, uninhibited. But we have these rights that God gave us. You know, now everybody, well, we need to repeal the Second Amendment. Knock yourself out, bub. We had the right before the Second Amendment was ever written, and we'll have the right afterwards. The only problem is, is the generally dumb public, Bubis Americanus, will think that, oh, well, they repealed the Second Amendment. That means I don't have the right anymore. I guess I have to turn in my guns. That's the overall perception because people are stupid because they have never been taught about the constitution they have never been taught about their rights and they're just you know numb from the shoulders up 
But the bottom line is you can repeal all that stuff. That does not do away with the rights that preexisted the Constitution and are still there because they are endowed by our creator in each and every man, woman, and child on the planet. I don't care if you repeal the Second Amendment or not. Don't mean a thing to me. I and just the same as, you know, every single gun law in this country, over 20,000 of them, every single one is not only a violation of the federal constitution, but more than likely a violation of the state constitutions. And Ohio's constitution, Article 1, Section 4, says the same thing. The right of the people to keep and bear arms should not be infringed. You know, it doesn't say exactly that. Um, I don't have it memorized like I do the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, but um, it's very similar. And um, again, it was there before it was put on paper because God gave it to us and only God can take it away. The thing is, is like I said, the generally dumb public has to take that attitude where, go ahead, repeal it. I've still got the right and I'm still going to exercise it. And if you don't like it, come and take it. Molon Mabe. Trouble is, most people in this country act as a, um, they don't they don't work logically. They work emotionally. It used to be mostly it was women that did that. Men were logical, women were emotional. But unfortunately, now the way things are, everybody's emotional because they're all ignorant of the truth. It's a disgusting and sad situation, but it is, is a product of the uh, public cool system and the the system that we've been under for a long time where, you know, if you remember back in the, I think it was the late 50s, early 60s, Nikita Khrushchev said, we will take you without firing a single shot. And now they're doing it because they basically have the Soviet system running our country now. And they're in the process of starving people out. They're they're drying up our supply lines. They're drying up our food system so sources, our fuel. You know, basically, we are in at war right now, us against the U.S. government. The government has declared war upon the people of this country. They are basically setting things up to the point where we are being we're going to be starved out. We're being poisoned with uh, not only toxins in the food and the air and the water, but now things that they are injecting into people. And in most cases, people are willingly taking it because they're so dumbed down and so stupid to believe a bogus fake virus. <laughs> it's all a crock. And the generally dumb public just swallows it hook, line and sinker. And the thing is, the government's been doing this over and over and over again for years. They keep doing it because it keeps working. They do it because we keep falling for it. And until people stand up on their hind legs and say, no, we ain't doing this anymore, uh, it ain't going to do any good. We're going to be in this position where the government's going to control things. They're going to shut everything down, and you're basically going to be stuck in your own little homes um, unable to go anywhere because it costs too much. You can't get gas. You know, there's no, I have a 300-gallon uh, farm tank that I bought back in 2004. And when I emptied it or ran out, you know, the thing ran out, 
I didn't bother refilling the thing because the uh, the stuff it took me too long to use it up, and the gas was so crappy that it uh, destroyed my carburetor on my lawnmower, and it cost me 400 bucks to have it fixed. Because even with stabilizer in the fuel, it, it's designed to go bad so quickly that I couldn't use 300 gallons worth of fuel fast enough for it not to, to have a bad effect on my the equipment I was using it in. So the thing's been sitting empty, but recently I decided I was going to try and uh, get it refilled and get some good stabilizer in it. And I called half a dozen different fuel supply companies that that's what they do. They go to people, farms and places that have these kind of tanks and they fill them up for you. I called half a dozen companies over two months ago and I'm still waiting for the first return call. I honestly believe that these companies have been told do not go around filling up people's individual tanks like this. If it's a business, that's one thing. But if it's somebody who just, you know, a private residence that has one of these things, don't fill it. We don't want anybody to have extra fuel. They don't want anybody stockpiling anything. Um, Basically, I saw a thing. I'm trying to figure out uh, if I still have it here. Um, boom, boom, boom. Let me check here. Uh, that's not the one. Shoot, it's on my other computer, I think. Uh, but basically, um, Biden has now apparently signed a new executive order that is very similar to one that uh, Kennedy signed back in the 60s, that even though it's unconstitutional, gives the uh, government, whether it's military, National Guard, or whatnot, uh, gives them the authority, supposedly, to enter private homes without a warrant and seize anything that people have been storing up, whether it's food, water, guns, ammo, uh, you know, you name it. Fuel. (laughs) Totally unconstitutional, but they don't care. And like, like Tucker said, we'll just declare an emergency. That way we can bypass everything. Well, show me where in the, in the Constitution it says that when you declare an emergency, the Constitution is null and void. It doesn't exist. That's just like saying, oh, yeah, we could do all the lockdowns and we could do all the mandates and everything else because it was an emergency and uh, we can take over. Nope. Constitution doesn't suspend itself or doesn't go on hold when some schmuck in the uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Republican or Democrat, doesn't make any difference if they basically, well, it's an emergency, so we can do whatever we want. Only if the people allow it. And again, the people are so stupid, fat, dumb, and happy. You know, pizza's hot, beer's cold, game's on, go Bucks, or whatever your team is. As long as they're, you know, they have their bread and games, bread and circus, uh, everything's fine. That's what the mentality of this country is in this day and age. You know you got a problem when you can stop anybody on the street and there's a better chance they will be able to tell you all the stats of their famous, famous sports team or the names of all the people in their favorite soap opera but not a clue, not a one of them has any information about the Constitution, where your rights come from, 
what limitations are put on government. You know, when the American Revolution was fought, when the Second War, or the War of Northern Aggression was fought, who was involved, who did we fight to get our independence and when did we do it? You know, uh, last week, last Monday was the uh, uh, 78th anniversary, I believe, of D-Day. Most people don't have a clue what D-Day was or is. My dad went ashore at Utah Beach. He was one of the original Army Rangers. And again, today, happy birthday to the U.S. Army. You know, it's just absolutely amazing what people don't know that they should and what they do know that has no worldly value whatsoever. It's just disgusting. <sighs> Man, I'll tell you. <laughs> but it is what it is. And this is where we are. And I believe as Thomas Jefferson said, we get the, the government we deserve. And we do. We've got it. People are asking, how did Joe Biden end up in the White House when Trump won? Because we let it happen. How is AOC and all her ilk pushing this Green New Deal and they're shutting down our, uh, you know, fuel sources, fossil fuels and all that? Why is gas just hit a national average over $5 a gallon now? All you had to do is look at what Biden was saying during the campaign. You know, there was no question he was going to shut it all down. Fossil fuel had no place in the Biden abomination. You know, phase it out and get new re renewable sources. Well, guess what? Fossil fuels are renewable. They ain't dead dinosaurs. They're bacteria and they replenish themselves. You know, that's what's crazy. But. You know, again, because people are ignorant, they're dumbed down because they went to a public fool system that indoctrinated them and didn't teach them how to think critically. And we're in the shape we're in. And now the other side is pulling out all the stops because they know it's do or die. People are starting to wake up, but will they wake up quick enough to make it make a change, make things happen? Probably not. I'm not real uh, uh, hopeful of it, that's for sure. But anyway, we've got the push now from the false flag in Texas that I personally believe did not happen. It was a, probably a made-for-TV movie. Um, I don't believe anybody died. I haven't seen any evidence to, to the fact. You know, you can bring in all the Hollywood schmucks you want that claim to be born there. And, uh, you know, they can bring all the names and all the pictures and all the other stuff out. But let's take a look at the F or the uh, the death report, the uniform crime reports as far as homicides, just like with Sandy Hoax. You know, when you look at the uniform crime report for the number of deaths in uh, that town in Connecticut, guess what? Not a single one. Zero deaths. Zero murders. Now, how did 20-some people die? You know? Well, you know, teachers and children, adults and children. How did they supposedly die? But somehow no, the FBI never got the memo to put it in the Uniform Crime Report. Not sure how that works, but I got a sneaking suspicion the same thing's going to happen in Uvalde, Texas. 
you know, when, when, when Sandy hoax happened, the day it was going on, I went online and started searching for fundraising websites. And I found one that was set up the day before the shooting, alleged shooting. Why on earth would there be a website to raise funds for the victims of a school shooting be set up the day before the shooting even allegedly took place? Hmm. Could it be that it was all a setup, that it really didn't happen? <laughs> Same with the Boston bombing. They were announcing, this is a drill, this is a drill. <laughs> There's going to be a uh, uh, bomb set off in front of the library at such and such a time in one minute. <laughs> Boom, a minute later, guess what happened? You know, it's just crazy. They had uh, amputee actors there, people laying in the streets with missing body parts, but no blood. The blood shows up later and it came out of a tube. <laughs> so anyway, stick with us. We'll be back in three minutes with more your DIY help here on the Frequency Radio Network. We'll be right back. to the second hour of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And we've been talking about the red flag laws and, uh, you know, the it's very clear at this point, you know, less than, well, it's roughly three weeks ago, we had a false flag alleged shooting in Uvalde, Texas. And when it happened, I said, yep, false flag, it's all about, you know, stirring up the thing for more gun control and look at what we're doing here. Now we've got all these idiots, including, you know, ours. And that's the thing, people that think there's a dime's worth of difference between the Republican and Democrat parties. You know, they're all socialists. The only difference is the Democrats admit it and the Republicans won't. But they're, you know, you got people like Lindsey Graham and what's his name, Portman from Ohio, and all these other goobers that are supporting the, the leftist Democrats and their uh, movement for red flag laws, which, you know, have already been shown to be unconstitutional in, a, in an unprecedented nine to zero decision in 2021 in the case of, um, where did it go? <laughs> I have to go back to the top, Coniglia versus Strom. And this was a wild situation. 
you know, basically husband and wife were having a, a domestic disturbance. Husband lays a gun on the table and says, why don't you just shoot me and get it over with? She leaves the house, comes, you know, and then the next day tries to get a hold of her hubby and he doesn't answer. So she calls the police and they go with her to do a well-being check. And he's sitting on the front steps and the police try to talk him into going to a, you know, hospital for a psychological evaluation. He agrees under the grounds or the, you know, the conditions that they would not confiscate his firearms. So he goes and gets, you know, goes to the hospital. And as soon as he's gone, the police go in and steal his guns. And he files suit and uh, the local and um, appeals court rule in favor of the cops on a bogus, you know, technicality. But it goes to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court rules nine to zero that they had no right to do what they were doing or no authority. They, you know, law enforcement does not have rights. Yeah, they have no rights. They have duties and they have authority that we give them. If I don't have the right to go to my neighbor's house and take his guns, guess what? Neither does the government. Period. I can't take his money. I can't take his car. I can't take anything that belongs to my neighbor. Therefore, neither can the government. Assuming my neighbor is a free person which is a big assumption in this day and age. The vast majority of people think that they are free when they are not. They are actually slaves and they have volunteered into it by answering yes to the question, are you a resident or are you a U.S. citizen? If you've ever answered yes to that, you have volunteered into the slavery system. You are now a serf on the government plantation. And that's how you can end up in court you can bring up the Constitution and the judge will say, don't bring that up in this court. It has no bearing on anything here because slaves don't have rights. Period. And you are their volunteer, and even worse, voluntary slaves really don't have rights. You've waived them. But that's a different question. Anyway. So we get back to the fact that it goes all the way to the Supreme Court. They rule nine to nothing. And um, Thomas, um, Judge Justice Thomas, is the one who wrote the opinion. And then there were uh, con confirming opinions by a couple others. And um, at the bottom line, well, first you have the Second Amendment, which... You know, I can re I can recite from memory <laughs> a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of the free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. There's only one comma in the proper Second Amendment, not three like most places have it. And a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state was not in the original um, recommended Second Amendment, which was really the fourth article of amendment. Um, the first one passed on, you know, as the first. Number three and uh, two and number three originally were not passed, and therefore number four became the second, which is what we know as the Second Amendment now. And 
it you know the the militia garbage was inserted into the wording that the states recommended which was basically the right of the people to keep and bear arms should not be infringed and it was either jefferson or or uh, madison i can't remember which but they inserted the um, the militia garbage kind of as a way to confuse people and when you look at what's happened over the years so many rulings one of the big ones was the 1939 miller versus us case where a guy had a uh, sawed off shotgun and it went to the supreme court level and by the time it got there miller had died and there was no one there to stand up and say it and the uh the prosecution alleged that there was no evidence that sawed off shotguns were used in military or militia duties and World War One trench guns were <laughs> were a major uh, tool used by the uh, uh, American and Allied forces, and they were all short barrel shotguns. But because there was no one there to stand up for Miller at that point, we got a bad decision out of the Supremes that has you know gone along and supported the National Firearms Act and the uh, short barreled shotgun stuff. So now. You know, because of that crappy decision, it stands as stare decisis or case law as the uh, courts and um, attorneys belong, you know, will say. But they, they seem to forget that the, the courts do not, only the legislature can write and pass law. You know, courts cannot. They can only issue opinions. The trouble is... It has become a common practice for law enforcement and the courts to accept um, precedent set down by previous court decisions. And hence, we have what is now referred to as case law, which it is anything but law. So anyway, you have a, uh, you know, you have the situation where the Supreme Courts make bad decisions based on bad cases. And but this case was pretty cut and dried when you have a nine to zero uh, decision saying, yeah, this guy's rights were violated. And of course, the Second Amendment provides for and protects, does not give a right. It protects the right to keep and bear arms. It says it shall not be infringed. That's as, uh, uh, you know, what's his chops? Old Sleepy Joe says, no rights are, um, oh, what's the word he used? I can't remember. But basically, rock solid can't be changed whatnot and they always say you can't yell fire in a crowded theater well yeah you can <laughs> but if you're lying and people are injured as a result of your actions then you have a, a responsibility to make them good make them solid and whole again you have a absolute that's it no right is absolute according to sleepy joe you have an absolute right to keep and bear arms unless and until you infringe upon the rights of others or you commit crimes with your arms. Until that time, you can't have that right infringed. And that's the problem. These idiots in government just ignore the Constitution and say, well, we're going to come up with what we think is a valid justification for denying your right. So your, your Second Amendment rights are being denied. Then look at uh, the Fourth Amendment. 
the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the person or things to be seized. That doesn't happen in a red flag law case. You could have an anonymous person go in and make a BS claim just on their word without swearing an affidavit saying that this is the truth and so on and so forth. And the judge can issue an order without any right of due process, which is covered under the Fifth Amendment. No person shall be held to answer for capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia when in actual service in time of war or public danger. Nor shall any person be subject to the same, uh, for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. So there you have it, due process. That means you get to go before the judge and state your case, confront witnesses against you, and on all of that before they can deprive you of your property. In other words, take your guns. And that's why there was a 9-0 decision in this case of a red flag law, not to mention the fact that they're always misused. The places that have had these things, you know, you have instead of a situation where the police go to the person's house in the middle of the day, knock and announce themselves and explain what's going on, they'll show up at three, four, five o'clock in the morning, kick the door in, and when the uh, person is woken out of sleep and grabs their gun to try and defend themselves from the burglary that's taking place, they're shot and killed by police. There is no excuse for uh, whatsoever for that. And these are the kind of things that we're going to see happening. If this stuff, you know, number one, if it passes, it's null and void on its face. People don't have to allow it. People don't have to follow it. Police officers should refuse to follow those laws. They should refuse to follow any firearms laws because they're all unconstitutional. But they're ignorant because they come from the same imperfect society, the same uh, public fool system that everybody else has come from. They're stupid. They're dumb. They don't know any better unless until they start doing some digging on their own, because they're not going to be taught that by the coach in history class or by anybody. When I went through police academy, we had a assistant state attorney general who came and talked to us about the Constitution, and basically the vast majority of it was how to get around it. Yeah. What case law was out there that helped us to get around the Fourth Amendment. That was the biggie. Search and seizure. You know, exigent circumstances is a big tool that they use. It's not mentioned in the Constitution anywhere, but it's in court cases, and therefore it becomes, some, you know, precedent that is used over and over and over again when it only applies to one case. 
And now they have the community caretaking exception. I guarantee you, you will not find community caretaking exception anywhere in any part of the Constitution, whether it's the body of the Constitution or in the so-called Bill of Rights. What in earth? Oh, I forgot to put my phone on. Do not disturb again. Things coming through. <laughs> Sorry about that. But um, the whole thing is just an absolute joke. And the fact that even though the Supreme Court has ruled saying that it cannot be done, you've got members of both sides of Congress who are pushing these things again. And what we need to do is shake them upside the head and say, look, you idiots, what part of uh, nine to one or nine to zero uh, unconstitutional don't you understand? And when it's been ruled unconstitutional, <laughs> nine to zero, uh, that's, a, that's a pretty strong uh, deal. And they can't sit there and turn around and pass another law that's going to do the same thing and it's going to be just as unconstitutional. And that's the problem is, you know, one of the big things is the, the Congress could care less about the Constitution. If nothing else, it's a stumbling block for them. It's an it's a un, you know, nasty thing that's in their way that they would much rather see gone. But uh, oddly enough, uh, the Supreme Court seldom references the Constitution when they issue their opinions. They're usually looking at statutes, as is the case with the uh, the recent rulings uh, in different directions on the CMS uh, injection mandates and the OSHA injection, injection mandates was basically the same argument. One dealt with, you know, millions and millions of OSHA people. The other one dealt with a few million healthcare workers. But the bottom line was the same. The only difference was the court was looking for statutory uh authorization for Congress to do something, even though the statutes, if they existed, violated the Constitution in the first place. They don't care about that. That shows you how crooked things are. And when you have a situation where nine clowns in black gowns can basically determine the way a country is going to go, actually, it's fewer than that. It's five. Because I think it, I can't remember who it was, but uh, years ago, the uh, chief justice was asked, what does it take to change the Constitution? And he said five votes. Basically, that's it. Which is a crock. Again, it's because we have allowed what was supposed to be a very minor part of government to become one of the most powerful parts. The judiciary. Absolute joke. Ugh. Anyway, bottom line is red flag laws totally unconstitutional, no matter how you slice it. But that won't stop these idiots in Congress from passing one and Sleepy Joe from signing it. And then you'll start to see it implemented, you know, weighted heavily towards conservatives, towards law abiding gun owners, not towards the people, you know. And the thing is, all these school shootings, even if they're even happening, which I doubt, they could be stopped without passage of any new law. All you have to do is repeal one old one, which is the Gun-Free School Zones Act. Just repeal that stupid thing so that people in the schools can carry lawfully 
and protect themselves and their students and then secure the buildings. You know, I every school I've been in, the doors were either solid glass from floor to from top to bottom or from, you know, the top half was glass. Take out the glass, make them strong, secure doors, especially the classroom doors. Make them a heavy steel, solid steel door that when it closes, you have a, a heavy duty bolt that you can lock it with that would take a breaching charge to get through. Then in the event that there's somebody shows if they actually make it inside the building, you're in a, you know, a closed container where the people inside can't get to you. Then they've got, you know, nothing more than the hallways and the bathrooms. <laughs> and it's an absolute joke. Let's see here. I'm looking at some of the stuff in the chat room. There's some crazy things have been posted here. All these pictures and whatnot. Uh, it's not stupidity. That's fraud. <laughs> a lot of it is. Lost total faith at this point. I'm pissed because it has become a clear, clear the entire globe. Is you think? <laughs> yeah, it's gotten crazy. That's why I want to get my boat and get out on the seven seas. And that's I just want to be away from all this stuff. And it's the one place you can still go that you don't have to worry about the stupidity. Oh, man. Let's see. I'm not a flat earther and I don't wear tinfoil hats. <laughs> uh, there are truths at the bottom of many rabbit holes. Uh, some of those truths will surprise you. All of them reveal more of the agenda. I've been down many of them. What is truth? What is fraud? Yeah, I, I got a kick out when I watched the uh, Matt Walsh video uh, recently, the uh, What is a Woman? And he's talking about truth and reality. And the bimbo idiot, the doctor that he's talking to says, well, who's, whose truth is that? Or whose reality? It's not whose, it's the. <laughs> there is only one truth, one reality. And that's the trouble with these people. They think that you can come up with your own truth, your own reality that's just for you because they're in their own little fantasy worlds where whatever they think is is the case. And anybody that disagrees with them is a bad person. <sighs> anyway, yeah. It's absolute crazy. Group think sucks. <laughs> oh, yes. But anyway... Enough of the red flag stuff. Bottom line is it's a joke, but it's probably going to happen just because we have, you know, criminals in government at all levels that could care less about, you know, their oath of office. They could care less about the people they're elected to represent. It's only about gaining as much money and power as they can while they're there and then getting reelected as many times as they possibly can. And if the Constitution has to be torn up and shredded in the process so that they can get reelected and get more money and power, small price to pay as far as they're concerned. And what if a school gets shot up and kids die? Hey, if that helps us you know, push our agenda, let's do a dozen of them. You know, the fact is, you know, they're they're freaking out over a relatively small number. Fewer than 100 people per year are shot up and are die in alleged school shootings, you know, most of which didn't happen in the first place. 
But even if you go with their numbers, their fudged numbers, fewer than 100 people. And at the same time, you have thousands of people that are dying by gang violence. And nothing's done about that. Then let's move on to the victims of the medical community. Over a million people a year die at the hands of MDs. But ooh, that's okay. MDs are really nice guys. You know, they have, they're there to, to help us and to make sure we stay healthy. You know, again, generally dumb public, been programmed and hoodwinked and believe this BS. When, in fact, they're just one more thing being used to kill off the population. Yeah. You shoot up a school and you did it. <laughs> you should stop. Uh, should be shot up the same way. Yeah, the problem is. Again. All they got to do is put together a computer graphic situation put it on the evening news and run it all the time and people believe something happened and they'll blame some person who may not even exist and even if he does exist didn't do anything yet the public outcry will be to grab that person and shoot him the same way he allegedly shot everybody else when he didn't actually shoot anybody you cannot believe anything you see on tv and back in 2003, there was a, a case in Florida where based and it involved Fox News, of all things, where the court ruled that the media can, tell, can lie to you, can literally change the narrative and tell you a lie. And uh, they're allowed. They don't have to tell you the truth. So the precedent has been set, stare decisis, you know, whatever you want to call it. Courts have ruled that the media doesn't have to tell the truth, just like law enforcement. So when the talking heads on the 5, 6, 10, 11 o'clock news can lie to you without any requirement that they tell the truth, what's to stop them from staging, you know, putting on a made-for-TV movie where a school gets shot up when it's all fake? And then they'll roll out Matthew McConaughey to make it seem even more real. But it's still fake. Hmm. And then we got all up in arms. We need to take that person and skin them alive. And they didn't really do anything. Hmm. That's why the constitutional protections are in place. And that's why people need to turn off their frickin' TVs and do a little research. <laughs> On Sunday, CNN, air, CNN aired a documentary. No, it wasn't a documentary. <laughs> it was a made-for-TV movie, fictional, of course, about Alex Jones. In the first minute, there was a dozen lies. Exactly. Couldn't watch any more of it. It was disgusting how much they were lying. Yep. And I'm not saying Alex Jones is an angel, but, you know, he's been made out to be, the you know, the, the Antichrist by the, by the media. And it's an actual, it's a joke. But anyway, phone lines are open. If anybody wants to call in, number to call into the show is 213-233-3998. 
213-233-3998. And uh, I got somebody who's been on the line from Michigan for 6,092 minutes, so I am not going to answer their call. <laughs> I'm assuming someone has just been listening for a really, really long time. Uh, but we'll answer phone calls on the other side of the break. Stick with us and we'll be back in three minutes with the last segment of today's edition of your DIY Health here on the True Frequency Radio Network. We'll be right back. to get it all back they say we'll legalize your drug deal but you gotta give us lots of jack well wake up you're being screwed pharmaceutical drug guys can be so rude they don't care if you live or you die long as they get that piece of pie my 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 don't care if you live or you die Long as I get that piece of pie. And welcome back to the last segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And um, we've been talking about red flag laws, but I'm going to kind of uh, segue a little bit. Um, it's just one part of the war that the U.S. government is uh conducting against the American people. You know, they have a complete list of psyops, and the first rule of a psyop is a lie is worthless if the folks don't believe it. You've got to always have a little bit of truth that people can grab onto and hope for in order to pull off a psyop, which is what they're doing. And another part of it, you know, when you're conducting war against the people, what are some of the other things you do? You cut off the supply chain so that food, fuel, and other necessities of life don't get to the people. You think that's happening now? We've got food, fuel, and consumer goods in America are more expensive than ever. The markets are crashing. And you've got, you know, the crypt keeper in chief, old Sleepy Joe, sitting up there and constantly won't take responsibility for everything, even though he's caused all of this, you know, him and his stupid uh, executive orders and whatnot. But he's blaming it all, you know, anywhere he can, you know, either on Trump or Putin or, you know, the uh, Sandman or the Easter Bunny or whoever else they can think people are stupid enough to believe, you know, is the real bad boogeyman. It's all a crock. And they're destroying everything that this nation, you know, has built up over the years. And in two and a half years, or roughly two years, basically, he's taken a silk purse and turned it into a sow's ear. You know, we weren't fantastic, but we were better than anywhere else. And now, <laughs> sad thing is people are still coming here because... Our supply chain isn't as screwed up as the rest of the world. You know, we're now at officially over $5 a gallon nationwide average for gas. Diesel's been over that for a while now. 
and diesel should never be more expensive than regular gas because it takes far less refining. There's no reason for it to uh, be more expensive unless they're creating a uh, a false shortage, which is what they're doing. And when the truckers can't afford to uh, run anymore, you know, some of them are only going to go so far, but they will not be able to justify passing the expense on to the consumers. They just won't have the lack of character necessary to do that kind of thing. If they had, they'd be in Congress. <laughs> you know, they'd be in some elected position somewhere. But when they reach the point where they can no longer justify just passing this expense on to the consumers, they're going to stop running. It's just a matter of time when everything's going to shut down. And then the people that haven't been doing any preparations are going to be a world of hurt. And the people that have been doing the preparations are going to be subject to search and seizure unconstitutionally as a result of Kennedy's and, you know, preceding people's, you know, or succeeding people's uh, executive orders, which are, again, unconstitutional. There's nothing in the Constitution that calls for executive orders or authorizes them. And when they are issued, they only apply to members of executive branch. It's like uh, last one out, turn off the lights and lock the doors. But you can't force someone not being in a part of the executive branch to comply. And it does not give someone within the executive branch like law enforcement or um, National Guard the authority to go after something of someone who's not in the executive branch. But because they're stupid and ignorant and uninformed and uneducated, these people will violate their oath of office and break into people's houses and steal things because they're told to by Uncle Sam. And that's where the point is when, you know, if you're listening early on to the uh, Tucker Carlson clip, when um, Ben, uh, what's his name, um, Shapiro, was giving his talk, and he says, at that point, you either got to go along or pick up a gun. And anybody that thinks that we're going to get out of this without bloodshed, I got news for you. Chances of that's going to be very, very unlikely. And I've said for years and years and years, I will, I have no problem dying defending my rights the question is do you the person attacking me or whatever are you willing to die violating my rights i know where i'm going when i die do you you know that's that's the question because nobody's going to come in and take my stuff while i'm alive period and if that's the that's the line, then that's the line. But I'm not going to stand by and let somebody do that kind of thing. You're not going to get my goodies and, and leave me standing here or sitting here or anything else. I guarantee you I will take as many with me as I possibly can. Period. But, you know, that's what we're looking at. And some of the other things that are going on, what else are they doing to us besides shutting down the supply chains? Well, 
they're affecting our health. They're introducing these uh, alleged viruses. <laughs> you know, we know how that goes, the fake viruses through 5G and all these other things, but they're making sick people sick. And then as a result, and I've always said this, you know, they come up with the so-called disease in order to push their solution. The solution was the jabs. And they came up with a fake virus in order to push the jabs. That was the young goal all along. The Hegelian dialectic, problem, reaction, solution. They create the problem, the pe- people react, oh, we need, we're scared, we're scared because we got this little thing that nobody knows, we don't know, we can't see it. And we're told it's going to kill us, so we, I guess it will. People believe that crap. Oh, we have to have a vaccine. Well, they come up with a toxic injection. It's not a vaccine. It's a bioweapon. They just tell people it's a vaccine that's safe and effective and, oh, yeah, roll up your sleeves. And now we have what we call sudden adult death syndrome, where people that normally are healthy and in good shape, um, normally working age people that just don't vapor lock and die, you know, without warning. Well, guess what? That's happening all over the place, big time in Australia, because they've been such Nazis about pushing the shots. But it's happening here, too. And they're finding clots. They're not blood clots. They're just clots of the basically, some people call it biostructure clots that are exploding in numbers of people who have taken these jabs and then died. And the embalmers are finding these things in the blood vessels of the dead. They've never seen these things before. There's nothing that's ever been, they've never experienced anything like this. It's something in these jabs because it's only happening to the people that have been jabbed. You know, if you haven't been jabbed, you're not going to suffer adult, sudden adult death syndrome. (laughs) So again, and we're just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we've only, they've only been given these injections for what, a year and a half, roughly. Wait until two to five years roll out when the antibody enhanced dependent dependent enhancement, I think it is, or whatever it's called, it comes out. It's going to get really crazy then. The old saying, people are dropping like flies, it's going to be more like flies are dropping like people. You know, people are going to be dropping uh, like crazy, and there's not going to be any excuse. People are going to start doing the math. But, of course, by then, most people will have had their, you know, the first two doses, then, you know, booster one, booster two, booster three, booster four, who knows how many. And they'll be doing everything they can to blame it on all us uh, purebloods. Yes, from henceforth, we shall be known as purebloods. You know, because our blood doesn't have these weird clots showing up in them. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And then, then, you know, we have had the uh, the so-called outbreak. And when people started uh, getting over that, said, yeah, we're not going to play that game anymore. Then what happens? Oh, all of a sudden, Russia attacks Ukraine. And Russia's the bad guy, right? And Ukraine's the good people. Well, <laughs> granted, there's a lot of civilians in Ukraine that are paying a heavy price. 
But Russia is only doing what they were forced to do by the Biden and Obama administrations and the, and the Ukrainian government. With all these bio labs they had, you know, for the longest time, the uh, military was denying that there were any of them there. And now they're admitting there was like 46, 46 of them and they were running them all. <laughs> uh, imagine that. They're doing that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, people are dying, and of course, then it gives Biden somebody else to blame for the fuel shortages. You know, all Putin's over there attacking Ukraine, and somehow that's causing our gas prices to go up. It's all his fault. Even though Biden, the first thing he did when he got into, you know, allegedly usurped office was issue a fake uh, executive order shutting down the Keystone Pipeline. <laughs> And drying up all the, the oil wells and pumping on U.S. soil and that kind of thing. He really got the ball rolling in the right direction. <laughs> and then, oh, then there's January 6th. Yep. People were torqued off because they know the election was stolen. And they went to New York, went to Washington, D.C. And, of course, Pelosi and company. We're waiting for them, and they had their agents provocateur people, a.k.a. Uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa people that were, you know, seen coming, showing up in all black like they always do, and then hiding in the bushes and changing into MAGA gear so they could blend in and then cause the problems that was then blamed on the people who just came to D.C. to peacefully protest. And you've got people that have been locked up since that day without bail, totally unconstitutional, and nobody's doing anything about that. It's just, you know, one thing after another. Oh, look at this. Three Indian playback singers dead after COVID injection. I don't know what a playback singer is. Three popular playback singers in India died after they were injected with the Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 injections. They joined a growing list of Indian entertainment figures whose lives were cut short by the COVID clot shots. Can't get over how people are stupid enough to keep taking these things. I mean, they are some really, really dumb people that see people croaking and Especially sports figures. Look what happened with uh, what's his job? Um, oh, can't remember his name, but he's a actor, singer kind of person, and he's got looks like Bell's palsy, I guess, which is one of the uh, primary side effects of these jabs. And he's been jabbed apparently, so uh, looks like he's screwed. Might be permanent. Might might come out of it. Who knows? Just have to wait and see. But playback singers record songs for movies, which movie stars then lip-sync to, to during the song and dance segments. Okay. The three singers, believed to be vax-injected, had long careers in the country cinema. However, different causes of death of the three were reported in a clear bid to steer blame away from the injections. Sang Sangeetha Sajith. 46 was initially admitted to an intensive care unit on April 26 for a kidney ailment. 
her condition eventually improved to the point that she was signing, uh, singing from her hospital bed, which led to her discharge. On May 26th, Sageth passed away, or May 22nd, she passed away in her sister's home in southwestern Indian state of Kerala, allegedly due to kidney failure. Resident of, wow, Teruvanathapuram, Kerala's capital, uh, first performed at the Nab- Tamil Nadu State Film Award in 1992. Since then, Sajith has recorded more than 200 songs um, in all these different cities or whatnot. Languages widely spoken, oh, I guess they're dialects or languages, widely spoken in South India. Most of her biggest hits as a playback singer were from Tamil language films. Anyway, you know, it's just one after another. It just made me think. Yesterday I was uh, doing uh, the uh, this week's radio show my, for my church. We have a show that uh, airs every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time on a local FM station. And the guy who originally approached our pastor about doing the show back in 2013 uh, passed away on May 26th or 27th. I can't remember the exact date of this year. Uh, at the age of 66, there was no, you know, I went to the, you know, I did a search for obituaries and there's really, there was no obituary for him, which is really strange. And just a death announcement, basically, by the funeral home that handled his arrangements. And only a couple of notes from people, you know, putting in their words of uh, condolence and whatnot. So I knew who exact guy. I was sure that this was the guy uh, because they mentioned his wife and her name and that kind of thing and uh, other radio shows he had helped with. But um, I don't know this, but again, no cause of death mentioned. And um, 66 years old, which, you know, still plenty of life left generally speaking. And my guess is he was probably injected and probably when, uh, if he was embalmed, I would bet that the, uh, embalmer found some of these clots. I would not be at all surprised. Unfortunately, I don't have a way to talk to anybody about it. I'm just, you know, it's an assumption, but it's just another sudden adult death syndrome case that there's no real rhyme or reason to that just came to me while I was reading this article and I'm seeing this left and right with people, you know, that I know guys, I retired from the police department I worked at with and one minute they're fine. The next minute they're dead. You know, the most recent one, he was out to dinner at a golden corral or someplace, you know, you know, buffet, with his wife and all of a sudden started choking and coughing and stuff, went in the men's room to try and clean things up and, you know, dropped on the floor and was having a seizure. People there tried to do CPR on him and stuff and he died. Don't know exactly what happened, but, you know, he had had his health issues. He was uh, probably about uh, six to 10 years older than me, but, you know, he was coming to our, our, monthly breakfasts and was, you know, looking good. And like a week after our, our, I think it was our April breakfast, we got word that he'd passed away. 
died at the restaurant. And when they went out to eat, everything was fine. <laughs> Just boom. You know, vapor lock in the bathroom. And now we're starting to see all kinds of military aircraft. Uh, I think like three or four uh, wrecks in the California area of Navy and Marine. Uh, one was a V-22 Osprey. One was an F-A-18 uh, fighter. And one was a Seahawk uh, uh, helicopter which is the Navy's version of the Black Hawk. And the pilot died in the F-A-18 crash, probably from a jab. The Marines on the uh, Osprey were all killed. And luckily, the uh, people who were on the um, Seahawk all survived, even though the, the, the chopper crashed. But... Um, a lot of things, you know, and the thing is, is the Navy is... Oh yeah, well we have to we have to take a pause here and figure out what's going on, but not once have they said anything about this might be caused by these jabs. Although thirty percent of uh, commercial pilots now are developing heart problems as a result of these jabs they've had to take in order to keep their jobs, and it's probably more than that. But they're afraid to um, say anything about it because if they do they know their job's gone. They want to keep flying. So basically they're putting themselves, their flight crews and all their passengers at risk so they can keep flying because their companies force them to take these things. And now, guess what? Chickens are coming home to roost. COVID-19 injections killed a celebrity as India launched its vaccination drive. Passing of an actor and comedian, Vivek. 59 is perhaps the most high-profile injection death in India. The celebrity known for starring in Tamil language films died on April 17, 2021, less than a week after he publicly received the COVID-19 injection. The guy was rushed to the hospital in the city of... Uh, Chennai, capital of India's Tamil Nadu state, on the morning of, a of April 16th after suffering from, a car from cardiac arrest. He was promptly resuscitated and subsequently underwent surgeries. The actor was in critical condition after the operation and subsequently died at 4.35 a.m. on April 17th. The Chennai hospital said Vivek uh, suffered an acute coronary syndrome with cardiogenic shock. Hmm. It's also noted that there was 100% blockage in a blood vessel, a serious consequence linked to the COVID-19 injections. Interestingly, the Indian movie actor also served as the Tamil Nadu ambassador for public health messages. Vivek's April 15 injection became a public event with Indian TV channels publishing photographs of him being injected with the COVID-19 shot. He also uploaded footage of his injection on his official Twitter account. Following Vivek's cardiac arrest and subsequent demise, questions emerged as to whether the side effects of the COVID-19 injection played a role in his death. <laughs> but, and they have footage here. So I'm just going to put that in the chat room in case anybody wants to see it. Wow, there's a lot more stuff in the chat room now. Come on. There it goes. 
Uh, <laughs> goodness gracious. I'm just looking at some of the things. Oh, well. Um, got about three minutes left. And there's just too much going on. But all of this stuff adds up. You know, they're trying to kill us off, which is Bill Gates and his uh, ilk's uh, goal. They want to reduce the world population to 500 million, which means about 7 billion people need to die. And, of course, he makes no bones that, you know, one of the ways they are going to reduce the population is with injections, bioweapons that he refers to as vaccines. And yet, people believe this schmuck, roll up their sleeves and take these things and act like people like me and probably you <laughs> who refuse to take them are one-eyed monsters with, uh, you know, it's our fault that everybody's sick and dying and that COVID is still causing problems. Yeah, right. Went to a... Uh, a fundraiser, I guess you'd call it, dinner and speeches over the weekend for a group called Ohio Stands Up, uh, which basically they've been going around since the COVID stuff started. Um, they have these things, events to raise funding for attorneys who are filing suits against these uh, uh, lockdowns and mandates and all the other things. And uh, one of our speakers, an attorney named um, Warner Mendenhall, uh, has basically kind of picked up where Tom Rents left off in Ohio when Tom started doing the national cases. Uh, Warner's been doing a lot of the stuff here locally in Ohio and has been having very good results. Uh, and the thing is, is um, this is happening all over the country. Lower courts are actually ruling in, in, on behalf of the victims, the people that are you know, against this stuff. And, uh, of course, you don't hear about it because lamestream media won't publish it. But we're having a lot of uh, good results, kicking these things back, shutting down colleges that are having their mandates for students and all that kind of stuff. And then we also had uh, Mark McDonald, who is a uh, well-known psychiatrist out of the Los Angeles area, who flew out and uh, talked to us, gave a great uh, talk about all the effects that uh, these things have been having on people. And hopefully I'll be having him on one of my shows uh, in August sometime. That's probably the soonest because he's traveling out of the country and things. But uh, great guy. Looking forward to having him on. But we are pretty much out of time. So take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. And appreciate everybody in the chat room being here today. We will see you all Thursday. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, take care. God bless everyone.